you are the guide. You actually get to position yourself as the expert. You don't get to be the hero. This is Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I would pick that over being Luke Skywalker every day. Understand that the way that you position yourself to your client actually matters. Welcome to the Wedding Video Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Santiago. We are at episode nine, and today is going to be killer because it's all about branding. We'll deconstruct and demystify the elements that make up this very important aspect of your business. Just so you know, this one isn't just any other episode because today is Masterclass Monday which means I brought in someone who specializes in this topic. So you need to bring out your notepad, pen, tablet, your quill, or whatever you use to take notes. Grab your coffee because Megan is ready. Let me give you a head start to get comfy and let's start the class. Megan Keithen is the original wordsmith and brand coach for creative entrepreneurs. In 2012, she started the wordsmithery to help photographers put into words what was already in their hearts. From there, the evolution of business coach was the natural one. And now she helps creative entrepreneurs get clear on their brands, attracting their dream clients and build sustainable and profitable businesses. Without further ado, here's Megan. Hey, Megan. Hi, Paul. How are you? I'm fantastic. How about you? Pretty good. Thanks for being here. Appreciate it. My pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I wanted to ask how what you've been up to Ooh, recently. What I've been up to? Um, well, I think the last time you and I talked, um, I was working mostly as a brand coach. Um, I have taken a full... I guess like head first dive right into success coaching. So I'm working with creative entrepreneurs, not only on their brands now, but to help them achieve the success that they've always longed for in their businesses. Oh, that's cool. Okay. I didn't know that. Well, I guess before we start, do you mind giving people a background, a quick background of... I would what love you to. Do? Yeah. So um, my super quick story is that in 2005, I accidentally fell into photography. Um, I have been doing that for 13 years, running a successful studio. Um, in 2012, I realized that there was a big, ginormous hole in the market. Lots of creative entrepreneurs, people that I was working with, either other photographers I knew or um, other wedding professionals I knew, did not know what brand was. They did not know how to present themselves to their clients in a way that made them enticing. And so I started my second business called The Word Smithery from there. Um, which was really doing brand coaching, messaging, and copywriting. Just giving creatives um, the opportunity to, essentially we were taking the words that were on their heart and putting them, you know, giving them kind of a, a facelift, I guess, um, putting them on their websites and um, giving them the confidence to present themselves the way that they already saw themselves. Um, and then in 2015, started doing more of the brand coaching specifically on that. And that led to, um, really the last year I've been doing business coaching, but, um, in December I made the full time move into helping creative businesses. 
I think that's good because um, for, for small businesses, you wouldn't think that you need to think about your brand. Right. Because as a small business, it's always about product and service and you totally forget about the brand and everything has to look good and it has to show your personality because, right. you know, I, I that's what I figured in the age of social media, there's so much noise out there that the only way to stand out is to be yourself, mm -hmm. which is going back to the old school way of just mm -hmm. being a human being. <laughs> And trying to fit in, you know? Yes. Uh, I remember, so I also have a background in corporate sales. And I remember learning that people buy from people, not from businesses. And so that was a kind of a turning point for me was learning that um, and realizing that I could have a bunch of great checklist items, but when it came down to it, people were buying me as a person to show up and photograph their wedding or later on to help their business, you know, just have the right words or whatever it is. People are always buying me and not the business. I guess my question is, because um, I, I see like, other, like normal people when they become themselves. Mm -hmm. For example, for me, if I become myself, like totally 100%, mm -hmm. I'm a cheap guy. I don't really <laughs> like, you know. So if I, I can't really attract the customers that I want to attract because if I become 100% me, then I'm just going to attract all these cheap people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, th I think yes and no. Um, there's a way to present that. So um, you might be cheap, but I would bet anything that you spend money on what's important to you. Yes. Yeah. And so how do you know what's important to you? When I don't think twice about buying it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. that works. So, um, like, for me, um, I, I'm, like, the kind of person who will, I'll, I'll buy, I don't know, like, like, I have a Hyundai Elantra as my car. Um, it's got leather seats. It's got, you know, the sunroof. And, like, I don't really care about having, like, the brand name there. But when I travel, which is a lot, I want to be bougie. Um, I, I have a friend who, uh, actually she's my business accountability partner. Um, she says, Megan, you're a luxury bitch. Hopefully I can swear on here. That's okay. Yeah, you can. Um, and so we literally talk all the time about how like someday I'm going to own my own private jet and it's going to say luxury bitch on the side of it. Um, and so, like, travel is something that, like, I'll spend extra money on. I'll stay in a hotel that's $700 a night instead of $100 a night because I want to wake up and feel like the most luxurious bitch on the whole freaking planet. Uh, but, I, but I would drive a Hyundai Elantra that I could have paid off, you know, 10 times over with all of the money that I've spent on bougie hotels. That's just me. I want nice wine, but I don't care about beer and cider. Like I want my wine to be amazing, but like everything else is just like, whatever, it's a drink. So for you, the way that that applies to your clients is like, of course you're going to buy the store brand of macaroni and cheese or whatever, because your 10 extra dollars that you save over the course of a month on brand name groceries, you're going to spend those on me because you need me. Okay. Mm. 
I like that. So is it safe to say that the clients that you get are the ones who are kind of like you too? Again, yes and no, okay. uh, which is my least favorite answer to get. So I'll explain myself. Um, yes, basically, whatever you put out into the world is what you're going to get back. It's a universal principle. Um, it happens. We see it with everything from you know clients to scarcity mindset. People who feel like they don't have enough will never have enough. We all know those people who uh, talk about drama and love drama, and so they attract drama in their lives. Um, when you attract, when you put out into the world that you are a little bit bougie, that you will splurge on the right things, even though you're saving on certain other things, yeah, you're going to get those kinds of clients because they go, oh, well, Paul is like me, and we all want to belong to something. To represent. I guess they, they're attracted to, because we kind of like represent each other and we are on the same wave, wavelength. Okay. Mm-hmm. Totally. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, and actually this is, uh, I'm jumping the gun a little bit here, but this is getting into talking about an avatar. Um, so... Uh, every business needs to know at least one ideal client avatar um, for themselves. Some people call it target client. Some people call it dream client, whatever you want to call it. Um, you need to know who your ideal client avatar is. And it's not when you Google that term, you'll come up with like such bullshit terms uh, or bullshit explanations that are things like, where does your client shop and, you know, what do they do for fun on the weekends? I literally just had a conversation with a guy who was like, on the weekends, my client hikes and drinks beer. And I'm like, okay, why? And he's like, because they like hiking. And I'm like, why do they like hiking? And he's like, why are you asking me these questions? This does not matter to my client. And the truth is that we have to get inside our client's head we have to know what they deeply, truly want so that we can speak to them on a level that nobody else is speaking to them on. And so I actually have four elements of the avatar, your ideal client avatar, um, that I teach my clients. Can I cover those now? Oh, actually, I want to say first, because um, ever since we did that workshop about branding that you did um yeah. Uh, was it last year? That was last year. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what month. September. It was in September. Oh, that's right. Okay. Because it was really hot. Okay. <laughs> <I remember. laughs> yeah. It's California. It's oh, always yeah. hot. Yeah, it's always hot. <laughs> um, so ever since we did that um, that workshop, the wheels in my head started running and I'm like, okay, who am I? What does my brand, What what is my brand? And... That's when I started to come up with the podcast because my brand is to be able to help people and mm -hmm. guide them to wherever I want them to go. So, for example, for this, mm -hmm. for this podcast, I want wedding people, wedding business, people who are in the wedding business to be guided to the right direction. Yeah. And then for, for my company, Buffalo Video, the videography company, I want to teach clients how to be in front of the camera. Like, what do we need from them instead of us just showing up and then just shooting? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's I, I, I really want to educate people. Yeah. So when, when, when I started doing that, 
I kept coming back to you and I'm like, hey, we need to have lunch <laughs> because I just want to thank you. And it's not even like anything to get more information from you or anything like that, except for this one because you're already here. <laughs> but it's more of a thank you because it really helped us create our brand. Good. And yeah, uh, if you want to start talking about branding, yeah, we could, we could start. Well, we're kind of jumping into the middle, but I like the evolution of our conversation. So, um, so I'm just going to talk about Avatar. I have four main elements that I talk about with my clients. Um, and these are the four things that I think you need to know about your client in order to be able to speak to them on a deeper level. Um, and so the first one is the need. And so this is... Um, what your, what your client says they need. So, you know, for, for people listening to this podcast, it might be, they say, I need wedding video. Um, so what is it that makes them look for you or what are they typing into Google? Um, what, what is it that starts them off on the journey of needing you? Um, that's also going to be, you know, okay, like, ta-da, we got engaged. Now we know we need a wedding videographer or we know we need a florist or we know whatever. Um, so it, the need is the most basic and it's definitely the most surface level of all of these. The next one, number two is the desire. And so this is the secret, the true desire behind the need. What do they want more than anything? What do they long for? Uh, what is like the secret yearning of their hearts? And, um, and this may or may not specifically relate to you, um, as a wedding professional, but, um, I'll give an example. So in a wedding photography business, um, they say they come in, the need is I want pictures. I need wedding pictures. Um, with, with the desire, the desire is, you know, in 50 years, my client wants to be sitting around their dining room table with their kids, their grandkids, maybe from a time perspective, not quite uh, great grandkids yet. Um, and looking at their wedding album. So holding those memories, the tangible memories is important to them. And that's important because we sell albums. My studio sells albums to every single client that might not be true of other wedding photography businesses. So the desire is posterity, it's longevity, it's legacy, it's heirloom not true of every photography business, probably I would imagine is true of most video businesses, but, um, but, but like deeper than that, what is it that, what's the feeling that they want when they are sitting around and watching the video again and again and again? So, so that's the desire. So I feel like um, when I was thinking about what our clients desire, I, 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 I was researching and then I found out there's two. One, one person likes to preserve their memories and just watch their videos all the time. And for a weird reason, the other one, they just want to have a really nice video to share on social media. They want to look like a badass. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's funny because knowing that line, no, distinguishing that line makes it easier for me to know who my client base is. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and also, um, your clients can have two desires and you can fulfill both of them. Um, for sure. So, okay. I'm going to jump in, uh, element number three, the fear. 
So what is the fear that exists around hiring you? What fear exists if they don't hire you? What are the concerns, the objections, the worries, um, or the failures that they might be holding in their minds? So, um, for instance, one of the things that, um, that I hear all the time now that I'm working with businesses is what happens if I invest all of this money with you and I don't have the success that I'm looking for? What happens if I don't double my business or triple my business? And, um, and so that's something that you need to know what questions your clients are asking. What happens if you don't show up on my wedding day? What happens if you get sick on my wedding day? What happens if my, if everything goes wrong on my wedding day and you don't even have good video of anything, what happens if your video camera dies in the middle of the day? Um, you know, all of that, um, those kinds of questions. And, um, and so actually addressing those first can make them trust you more. Um, and a lot of times the fear isn't specifically about you, um, or even about, videographers in general or a florist in general or a coordinator in general the a lot of times the fear is about them and like what will will everyone look at me and see that I failed at my wedding if the cake falls over or if the flowers clash or whatever and so um you know I I can only imagine from a video perspective that what I would want to hear is we're going to make you look so awesome. Like no matter what happens on your wedding day, the video will make you look incredible. Yeah. We, we usually tell them, you know, anything can happen on a wedding day. And the important thing is you're hiring all these professionals and whatever happens, we know what to do. Yes. We can handle it. Just make sure that you guys are having fun. Yes. Because, it's going to reflect in the video and the photos. Mm -hmm. If you're worried because all the, like, if, you're, if your eyes twitching or something, right. we're going to see it. So we always tell them, we always make sure that you guys are in great hands. Yeah. So don't be afraid. Just have fun. And yeah. th that's always our spiel at the end of every meeting. Mm -hmm. it, I feel like for the fear, um, it's the wedding blogs have those questionnaires that <laughs> yes. are great. I love it. They're like, what kind of equipment do you use? Right. Do you use 4K? I'm like, Jesus. Okay. So yeah, those wedding blogs and they're, they're saying that, oh, you, your wedding videographer has to be only up to $1,200. I'm like, seriously? Right. Oh my gosh. Exactly. Yeah, definitely a problem. Okay. Uh, number four is the dream. And so this is essentially boiled down very easily to what does success look like to your client? So if we know what, what failure looks like, what the fear is, what's the dream, what's the success? Um, what will life look like for them when you've solved all of their problems? What's the dream come true? And so that might be for clients who, um, who do want that, wow, I'm such a badass kind of experience out of their video. It's, oh my gosh, my friends have sent it around to their friends and it's gone viral. Um, it might be our families who were really nitpicky with us on the way that we were spending our budget complimented us. It might be, you know, a lot of different things. And by the way, one of the, the best ways that you can determine each of these is to actually ask clients you've enjoyed working with. So I doing do like a time. survey? 
Yeah. I mean, not even a survey. I literally just like, I'll be talking to one of my clients and I'll be like, Hey, so I'm just curious, like at this stage, what's, what's on your mind? Like what, what are you worried about? And it might be like, Oh my gosh, like nobody else, nobody is giving me things to do. It's like three months until the wedding and everyone keeps saying, wait until a month before, two weeks before. And you go, Oh, well, what can I do right now to make it easier for you? And they go, well, I don't know. What do I need to do? And I'd say, well, I have a questionnaire that I usually send out a month before. Do you want to do that now? And she goes, yeah. Okay, perfect. Let's do that now. Okay. Uh, I thought you were talking about after the wedding, like you could ask your past clients. Okay. Yeah, it's both. Um, After the wedding, all the time, I, I say, hey, like, what was your experience like with your florist? Oh, you didn't like that she did that. You didn't like that this happened. Okay, cool. That's good to know. What would have made that easier for you? Okay, what was your experience like with me? What could I have done? And I actually do. um, I have a questionnaire that they fill out afterward. And I say, like, no holds barred feedback. Tell me what we did right. Tell me what we did wrong. How can we serve the next couple better? I'm so afraid. That's my fear. (laughs) (laughs) And in in all business and actually all of life, um, those anything that we let be a question mark actually has control over us. So when you don't ask, the fear of not knowing is actually greater than knowing. Because if you did know, the job's already over, right? They've paid you. You've delivered. And it looks like they're happy. And it looks like they're happy. So like, hey, Tom and Sarah, what could I have done to make your wedding just like if it was a nine out of 10, what could I have done to make it a 10? I want to make it a 10. That's if we usually do that. If ever on rare occasions, mm-hmm. on rare occasions, we get um, a, a, an email that says, oh, we're not really that happy. And then we we usually try to make it up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so imagine being able to have that conversation with happy couples and have them say, so uh, one of the things that happens in my photography business is people go, oh my gosh, we're so happy. They leave good reviews. And then, um, and then they say, I, I kind of ask them like, okay, but what could we have done better? And like every time, I'm not joking, this is like total honesty, people go, well, I could have used a little more communication from you. And I'm like, okay, tell me about that. What, what did you feel was missing? And they go, oh, well... Uh, I guess sometimes it took a couple days to, for you to respond to emails. And so I said, okay, if you knew up front that it was going to take 72 hours to respond to an email and then you didn't get a response for 72 hours, would that be okay? And they were like, yeah, okay, cool. Now I know how to adjust expectations because I'm running four businesses. Uh, the people who work for me don't always know how to answer something. Great. Now we can adjust expectations and future couples don't have to be disappointed. It's as simple as that. Or I can go, huh, maybe I should hire my VA to work for me a couple extra hours a week, give her some training so that she can respond to all of these email inquiries or whatever. And then ta-da, it's easy peasy. Okay. But you don't know what problems your business has if you're not asking. Okay. That's the, that's, um, we're talking about the fear, right? Or we're, we're at the dream already. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's both. Um, you, can, you can give them the dream if you know what the fears are. 
You're so good. <laughs> okay. I didn't even practice that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, I feel like for us, for as a videography company, the dream, our client's dream is first to have a really impressive video that they could post online and share mm-hmm. with people. And then, you know, we always get these things where the bride's like, I like the, the video where you got the groom crying, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. But at the same time, I feel like their dream is also to have, I mean, unconsciously probably, to have like great customer service. Because right. that's where this, this industry is lacking, mm-hmm. like the customer service. Because like Absolutely. we're more of tail end, like with wedding photography and videography, the wedding's not over until you give them the finished product. So I feel like that has to be part of the dream. Absolutely. Yeah, I think um, setting customer expectations is like really the way to go. Because truly, if you are just the kind of person who is not going to respond to an email for 72 hours, then like I actually, I'm sure everybody else in the entire world would disagree with me, but that's not a problem unless you tell them I will respond within 24 hours and you don't. It's not a problem when you say, hey, we're out doing shoots all day, every day. Hey, we're on the phone with clients. Hey, we actually meet our clients for lunch. We are like out having fun with our clients. So we're not sitting at our desk all day waiting for your email. We get to them when we can. See, this is why I love uh, our CRM. We have HoneyBook for our customer relations mm-hmm. management. CRM, customer relationship management, yes. Relationship management. I love that because whenever we get an inquiry, my wife Stella, she gets like a peep, and then it shows mm-hmm. someone is inquiring, and then you just send the brochure automatically, just one right. click of a button, and then they're happy. They're like, Absolutely. we ask them, so how did you find us, and why did you book? She's like, you're the first person that replied. Other people, mm-hmm. it took them a long time to reply. Yes. Automation is, we could have a whole other yes, podcast please. episode on automation. <laughs> I love automation. Yes. If you're not using automation, you are working too hard in your business. And that's my brand, <laughs> automation. <laughs> okay, so what's um, what's up next? Well, um, since we kind of jumped ahead to Avatar, I'm going to kind of uh, backtrack um, okay. real quick. There are three main areas that I say people need to uh, explore need to know and like need to work out for themselves for their brands um, in order to have excellent messaging. And by the way, um, I am a huge Donald Miller fan. Donald Miller wrote the book, Building a Story Brand. That's uh, a freebie, not uh, an actual promotion or no paid promotion there. Um, But Donald Miller says, pretty websites don't sell things, words sell things. And so um, messaging is the most important thing if you want to be selling anything. Um, You don't even have to be a salesperson. You can be a terrible salesperson, but if you have a clear message, people will buy from you. And so um, the three elements of a message for me when you work with me are your values, your avatar, and your story. So we already talked about avatar. Um, I'm going to jump back and talk about values um, and just kind of cover three real quick things for the values. Sound good? Yes. Okay, cool. So um, the first one is the purpose. So why do you do what you do? What makes you 
What makes you get up in the morning? What made you quit your stable job for a life of uncertainty? What is it that drives you? Um, what are your own hopes and dreams? What, um, who are you looking after? Um, there's a great TED Talk, um, also a book, but I recommend the TED Talk by Simon Sinek. That's S-I-N-E-K called Start With Why. Well, I just got that book. Uh, yeah. Have you watched the, the TED Talk? I watched the the one where he was talking about Apple's um, internal. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I haven't. I and don't think I've seen the TED talk. Oh, okay. So I love the TED talk. Um, the book is also great, but the book takes like three hours to read or more if you're not a fast reader, and the TED talk is twenty minutes. So. Okay. Um, so anyway, uh, nobody speaks better about this than Simon Sinek does. Um, so I'll leave that to him. That's homework for anybody listening. Um, the second thing in values is the power, um, which is what, what is it that you do um, beyond your product and service, but like how are you impacting the world? What, what difference do you make? Um, how are you changing because of your business? How is the world changing because of your business? Um, how is your community changing because of your business? And, um, and so this is actually, it's going to be fueled by your purpose. Um, and it's really important that you figure out what your power is. Um, I mean, you could even call it your, your superpower, but, um, the whole point behind this is that, um, your business has to be bigger than you are. All right, so the third thing is the profit, which is how are you going to make money? Um, and this is, there's a, a concept that Russell Brunson, who is the leader, uh, the, the owner and uh, CEO of ClickFunnels that he talked about, which is a value ladder. He's not the first one, um, but he's probably the loudest one right now about it. Um, which is how are you allowing people to invest with you? Um, how are you allowing them to like incrementally invest with you? What are you truly selling? Um, so there's a difference between what you are selling and what clients are buying. So you might be selling video services, but what are your clients buying? Are they buying the opportunity to sit down in 50 years with their grandkids and watch their wedding video? Watch like all of the best parts of their wedding. That's maybe what they're buying. Or maybe it, it is that they're buying um, the memories for themselves. Or maybe it's that they're buying the ability to look just so awesome that everybody else is jealous of them. Okay. And that's what you're selling. That's the profit. So can I try to incorporate that into my business? Because I feel like yeah. I need you to hear if I'm right or yeah, for sure. <laughs> if I'm making sense or not. So for me, my purpose is, well, when, when we launched the business, my purpose was to challenge myself to build a business that I love, and but in a different way because mm -hmm. I wanted to be in the in the world stage, which is here, right? In the U.S. and California. Yeah. So that that was my purpose. Plus, um, I don't. My fear is, I um, being old and thinking to myself, what if, what if I. What if mm -hmm. I tried that one place, well, that one thing? And, you know, being in this country, this is like the 
the mecca of like try try yeah. it the because it's okay yeah the mecca of try yeah and also, I didn't want to be poor, so that, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's my purpose. Does I, anybody? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I told you my story and how how mm-hmm. how low the wages are. So yeah, having having that here, having that opportunity for me is that's my purpose. That's what mm-hmm. I want to do. And now for my for power, because you said, um, what what are you? What, what do you it? do anyway? Uh, it's you know, not, not what is your product or service, but like, how are you impacting? And so this is like literally like the podcast that you're doing right now is like, how are you impacting the world, your community, yourself, you know, the family that you and Stella have, um, and candy, my dog. And that's what I meant by family actually (laughs) as a dog mom. (laughs) So I think, um, our, our, our power is my power is to, because I I I was obsessed with Seth Godin, mm-hmm. and this book that Stella gave me in our anniversary, I think my birthday anniversary, she gave me the dip. I don't know if you read the dip before, but it's it's everyone goes through the dip, and the people who become successful are the ones who climb out of it. Mm. There's always going to be a dip in everything that you do. Oh yeah. And that was my motivation. That mm-hmm. was my power. I'm like, I'm not just gonna make a wedding videography company. I'm gonna. Because when we when we came here, I noticed there's no video. Like no one really cares about video. And mm-hmm. coming from the Philippines, you know, everyone's like video first. That's yeah. your priority. So I wanted to put the video aspect of weddings right. in the forefront mm-hmm. of the industry. And you know, the, I I feel like that's why I wanted to do the podcast is because yeah. I want to guide people to mm-hmm. the right direction. Instead of like competing with photographers and complaining about the planner, just, you know, be a team player. And this is how you do it. Because in the end, at the end of the day, it's for the couples and we all need to be successful. Yeah. So that's, that's my purpose is to like put video in the forefront in the right love way. I love it. I love that. I sound, it sounds like a Miss Universe pageant answer. <laughs> but what doesn't World peace. World peace. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So... So purpose, power, and profit. Yeah. Those are the values. Right. And we've already talked about Avatar. So uh, I'm going to jump into story. I feel like this is going to be your longest podcast episode ever. Um, I'm not going to (laughs) complain. So um, story. And if you have read Story Brand, this will sound like I just stole it right out from under Donald Miller. And I basically did. um, I'll, I'll preface it with saying... Uh, when I read uh, Building a Story Brand, and I've been following Donald Miller for a long time, when I when I read the book, I was like, oh my gosh, Donald Miller wrote the book that I've had in my head for 10 years. Um, so, so everything that he says I agree with, but also I think he would have agreed with me too. So um, number one, um, and this is actually really, really, really important in all wedding businesses because we have been told the wrong thing. We have been told that we are the hero for our clients. And that is just like a lie packed inside a lie packed inside a lie. The truth is your client is the hero. Every couple, they are the hero. Why on earth would they not want to be the hero on their wedding day? Um, And so knowing that they're the hero and who they are, so that's the avatar aspect of this, um, is just like incredibly important. 
The second thing, you need to know the problem that they have. Um, so this is actually just going back to, it's going back to the need and to the fear. Um, so what is it that um, that is the, uh, I guess the, the cause of them seeking you out, basically? Um, number three, the guide. This is you. You are the guide. You actually get to position yourself as the expert. You don't get to be the hero. Um, Donald Miller always says that uh, this is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, and I would pick that over being Luke Skywalker every day myself. Um, so understand that the way that you position yourself to your client actually matters. Um, number four, you have to have a plan for them. This is another thing that most businesses are missing. Um, and it, it can be very, very, very simple. So for instance, in my photography business, the plan is, it looks like this. Uh, number one, we have a consultation with you to learn about everything that is important to you. Number two, we show up and we document everything that is important to you. Number three, we have a design consultation so that you can buy artwork of everything that is important to you. Boom, plan. It's that easy. I think for, <clears throat> I think for people who buy into a service, especially the ones who have more money, from what I've noticed, people who have more money, they don't have time to try to figure out what they want. It's kind of like, I'm giving you the money, give me your plan, and then right. you just do your job. and Solve my problem. Don't make me solve my problem for me. Yes. Yeah. And by the way, that's not unique to people who have money. It is unique to people who spend money. Okay. <laughs> uh, that sounded so much cooler coming out it, than it did in my head. It does sound cooler. Okay. All right. So number five, this is super important. Uh, you are not probably doing this on your website um, and everywhere else, um, but you need to have a call to action. Um, this is like your battle cry, like, come on, let's go, everybody. Um, and if you don't have that, they don't know what to do with themselves. They are like just plain and simple. They are confused. So if you don't say, the next step is for you to book a consultation or for you to email us or for you to call us, then they are kind of like, uh, I guess I will submit this contact form, but they don't really know what the right thing is to do. So you got to tell them, be okay. real clear about it. Good. I remember, um, my wife, Stella, she said, we need to have a pop-up when they visit the website to say that, do you want to see more videos or do you want to go straight to contacting us mm -hmm. and I think that worked out because we're kind of like telling them hey if you if you really want to just inquire you don't care about what the videos look like right. here you go yeah that's smart uh in fact Donald Miller will talk about how there are two different types of calls to action so the first one is a transitional call to action and that's the see more videos essentially the purpose of that is to build trust um, to, to help them realize that you are the expert, you are their guide. Uh, and the second one is direct, which is you already trust me. Click this button right here. Move forward. Your wife is a genius. Yeah. I'll just take the credit for it. <laughs> Too late. It's already recorded. <laughs> We're not recording. I'll cut it. <laughs> I'll oh, tell <boy>. her. <laughs> 
But yeah, I I like call to action because it, I've 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 spent like the past year just reading about um, finishing finishing the the act. So make make sure that you you got you you're already showing them the way. Tell them which door mm-hmm. to take. Yeah. I have a question though. Yeah. For the character part. Yeah. Because you said the client is the hero, right? Mm-hmm. And I I know I remember I talked to you earlier about um, social media is this. Especially on Instagram, a lot of people in the wedding industry, I guess they, it just, uh, I guess they they include their personal photos in the in the their mm-hmm. feeds. Sure. And I'm I'm I, I know there's nothing wrong with it, but it's always like uh, confusing me. Like, how is that gonna work when your client is the the hero, not you, or is it because you're a guide? But if you're a guide, why are you drinking coffee at this time? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so that's this is such a great question. It's also really complicated. Um, as I mentioned to you earlier, there's not really a one size fits all situation here um, or solution rather. Um, so I will say this. People get a little too caught up in that Instagram influencer thing. Um, that whole, like everybody cares what I'm doing. Actually, nobody cares what you're doing. Um, they only care about how you can make them look, how you can make them feel, uh, what you, what you do for them. So being associated with you, if that makes them look cooler, uh, I'll never forget. Uh, actually when I hired my own wedding photographer in 2010, um, I I could not stop talking about to my friends how he was jet setting all over the world. Oh, he's in Bali this week shooting a wedding. Oh, he's doing this. Oh, he's doing that. And uh, and the story was really like, even though I was telling stories about him, it was like, but look, he's coming to my wedding in Southern California. He's going to be there documenting my wedding, even though he also does Bali and South Africa and Kenya and all these other cool places. Um, I'm important enough. I'm cool enough. And I didn't know about, I didn't know then that like, that was really like my reasoning. Um, unfortunately th- that photographer has turned into one of my best friends today, but, um, but it was all about how it reflected on me. So, um, so in that respect, is it important to share about your life on your business stuff? Maybe, um, but is there a way to just make it all about the client? Is there a way to make your clients? So a couple years ago, um, we, my photography business, we actually just gave up on giving any sort of <laughs> giving a shit at all about booking from social media. Um, all we wanted to do was make people feel awesome like make our clients feel like they were important and memorable through social media. And when we shifted, you would not believe what started happening. Uh, clients from, you know, three, five years back whose photos we were posting, even though they were three or five years old, were messaging us, oh my gosh, like we still look back on our, our engagement photos. Oh my gosh, that moment at our wedding, I forgot that you captured that. Um, it's so amazing to us that you thought that that was important because that was what was important to us, but nobody else seems to have photos of that. Um, 
And it was like, it was purely prompted by our desire to make past people who'd hired us feel like they made the right choice three years and five years later. And so um, that's still the, the method that we use today is like, let's just like, let's make all the stories about our clients and not about us at all. Okay. Yeah, because I, I remember um, I'm guilty of hiring um, a service based on I'm you're, you're good. Uh, I'm guilty of hiring someone for a service because of the way they project themselves. Right. And I just feel like it's a recipe for disaster because instead of you concentrating on your craft, you kind of like, oh, I need to have an interesting life. And then, right. oh, don't forget, you're still doing this job that mm-hmm. you're doing originally. So I just, I just, my concern is the dream of a client when we're right. going back to the values. No, going back to the values. The, the story, the... Oh, the going back to the avatar. Oh, yeah. Um, the the desire oh, yeah. of the client. Right. I don't want the client's desire is to be hanging out with you because that's what I felt before. I'm like, I'm hanging out with this person, but then, right. oh, the work isn't that good. Yeah. So you shouldn't, I, I just feel like people shouldn't concentrate on. Totally. Yeah. Like I'll say, I sat down with one of our uh, 2019 brides the other day and um, we were working on the details of her timeline. And um, one of the things that we do is we ask for the names of every person in the wedding party, first and last name, um, the names of every person in their both immediate family and extended family anyone that's going to be in a picture, anyone that's important to them. And my photographers and I learn them, like learn them. Like I will call them by name. I will never point to somebody and say, Hey, you step into the picture. I'll say, Hey Beth, can I have you step into the picture please? Because she's important to my bride. And, um, and that's like not about me at all. That's not about us hanging out and being chummy. That's about, my bride feeling like, oh my gosh, my photographer took the time to learn my mom's name or my aunt's name or whatever. And that's like a really small thing, but it has made a huge difference with our clients because everybody wants to be known. Everybody wants to be memorable. Everybody wants to feel like they are somebody and like they belong. It's actually impressive whenever we work with a photographer like that because me, myself... I could remember faces, but names, I'm, I'm going to suck. So the, <laughs> last year, I tried, to, I tried to remember their names, and it really helped us. Because not only is it impressive to the clients, but also their future clients. Might, they might be single and, you know, or engaged, and then that's how we, we get our businesses, because they, they remember what we, how we made them feel. Totally. Yeah. Yes. People, ooh, who says that quote? It's people won't remember what you do. They will remember how you make them feel. I forgot who said that quote. Yeah. We'll have to look that up. Arnold Schwarzenegger, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of think not. (laughs) People will remember. (laughs) Okay, so 
We finished call to action. Now it's um, number six. Yeah. So the the success, um, which we already talked about, but like, what does success look like to your client? So this is like the part of the story where they win. Woohoo! Uh, nobody wants to be in a story where they lose. So you have to actually know what a win looks like for them, and that's part of the um, the plan is taking them there, showing them that like you know how to take them to success. Um, this is like, I slayed the dragon, um, with your help as the guide, but like I did it. And, um, and now they get to ride off into the sunset with the princess and life is going to be, you know, just peachy from here on out. Um, but at the same time, this is where number seven comes in and this is avoiding failure. Um, it's really important that you do paint for them without making things scary, um, what failure can actually look like. Um, for instance, I will never forget a consultation that I had where, um, so I have this crazy backup system where like someone, you know, like the old white guys of photography who are like the crazy, crazy people. Um, I actually had one of them say that my backup system was the best that he'd ever experienced. And I was like, this is the greatest moment of my life right now. Um, but it doesn't matter to photo- or to clients. No client had literally ever in all of the years in business had ever asked me about it until I sat across from this one bride and her mom. And her mom said, my photographer's house burnt down two days after our wedding and we lost all of our film. How are you going to make sure that that doesn't happen to my daughter? And I said, oh my gosh, <laughs> I know how to avoid failure for you. <laughs> no one's ever asked me about this, but let me tell you. And so I spelled out my whole plan for her and it was like such an easy, I mean, it's an easy sell um, from that standpoint because no other photographer is able to answer that question in that way. Um, but, but for her, it's such an easy choice to avoid that failure. So you have to show them what failure they're avoiding and then have that plan in place um, so that they can actually, they can trust that, that they will avoid that with you. I think with, uh, with us, we always get a question of, what if you get sick? Who, who right. is there someone who could replace? Yes. And we usually tell them, we have a lot of guys and they're always ready to ready to shoot in any, at any time. Yes. So I think that we that that part of the failure is cuz they they always see all these um stories online or mm-hmm. from people that videographer doesn't show up or right. super Everybody late. talks about the bad experience, nobody talks about the good experience. Everyone mm-hmm. talks about, you know, my photographer died in a motorcycle accident on the way to my wedding, but not uh, my photographer showed up, did everything perfectly and now I have great wedding photos. I think it's because they remember how you made them feel. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. So all of that ultimately ends in point number eight of story, which is experiencing transformation. Um, this is in marketing. They call this the brand new day. Um, but essentially it's just, they are on the other side. They have made it. They, uh, life will never be the same as it was before. And like, it's sure it's the, the end of the story with you, or at least, um, you know, for a lot of people, they're not continuing to work with their, their wedding vendors. Um, but it is, they have experienced the full transformation of what it's like to work with you. And they've, they've gotten all of the good stuff that there is to get. Do you think it's a compliment whenever a bride or a groom turns into a wedding vendor after 
you doing their wedding? I, I have seen kind of like both sides of this. I'll, uh, I'll never forget a, um, actually it's one of my, um, one of my associates, her, best friend was telling me about her wedding experience and how her wedding photographer, um, was just like the worst. And, um, and then she was going to become a coordinator kind of as a like reaction to that, like, haha, take that. I'm going to make sure that no wedding couple ever has to da 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 da. Um, on the other side, I feel very much like you, if you serve your client really well and give them an amazing transformative experience, why wouldn't they want to be a part of that? If that's something that they're leaning toward. Um, I have a client of mine. I've, I've actually hired several past clients um, because they've, they've seen, they've felt that change. They've had that transformation and they want to be a part of doing that for other people. So it can go either way. I don't think that there's a hard and fast rule. Okay. But yeah, I guess so. Because um, most, at least most of our clients the, who turn into a wedding planner had a great experience planning their wedding. So mm-hmm. I think that's a good sign. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, I would say for the most part, people who become coordinators loved the whole planning experience and ended up having like a, a good positive result with all of their vendors. And so that's something that they feel like, oh, well, I'm really good at this and I can do this for other people, which yeah. I would generally say is true. Okay. And people who, grooms who decide to get into wedding videography, love being broke. Love being broke. <laughs> <laughs> Not if they're doing it right. We'll see. We'll yep. see. <laughs> so, okay. So we did, we did uh, the values, we did the avatar, and we did the story. Mm-hmm. And these... These have really helped me shape the way we brand ourselves. Yeah. Because um, it's always going to be a journey and you, you want to make sure that every single step you share it with people because that's how they're going to know that they could relate to you. Because mm-hmm. uh, I've talked to a lot of people and they always say, oh, I'm antisocial or, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you kind of like need to put this mask on just so you have this, I don't not strength, but like the will to just, okay, here's what I'm eating today <laughs> or something just to, right. just so people could relate to you because yeah. if you don't put anything out there in this age of social media. And honestly, I'm very introverted. Um, people don't always believe me when they, especially if they meet me like in a more social setting, like you met me in, um, I'm very comfortable getting up and talking in front of people. But if given the choice between hanging out by myself in a cabin in the woods for three weeks or going to one party for one night, I would always pick the cabin in the woods by myself. Um, probably not in the woods, but I'll, I'll take the cabin too. <laughs> the woods are very nice, Paul. Um, okay, okay, on a cottage on the beach by yourself. Okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so if given that choice, you know, I would almost always make the, uh, you know, solitude one myself. Um, but I have actually been able to cultivate a kind of like a nerdy, I'm very nerdy, um, you know, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, Sherlock Holmes, all the things. Um, and, and so I've cultivated this 
culture of nerdy couples that come to me. So they get married at castle, a castle in Scotland because it was the one that was featured in Monty Python. They want to do their engagement photos in an arcade. They, uh, you know, have to wear the Disney bride and groom hats during their uh, vows. They read from Harry Potter for, instead of the Bible for their vows, you know, different things like that. Um, so, so I've managed to find people who are nerdy like me and you can find them too. You can find whatever, whoever your people are, uh, you can find those. They exist in the world, more people just like you and they want to belong and you can create that for them. That's what brand is. There's always going to be a tribe. Yes. Yeah. There's going to be a tribe of rave metalheads mm-hmm. right. and role-playing game LARP people. Yep. So there's always going to be a tribe for you. Yes. So I, I I saw this, I saw this quote that you 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 have. It's uh it says a brand is a person's gut feeling. Yes. Can you um, explain that a yeah, little bit more? Yeah, I can't remember who I uh, I stole that from, but um, you know when you look up what is brand on the internet, you get eight million opinions. Um, and I tell people that in its simplest form, it's just how people experience you or your company or your service or your product. Um, and they don't have to be paying customers to affect your brand. They don't have to have anything other than one encounter with your brand. And so that's why it's really important that every aspect of the way you show up, the way that you serve, the way that you deliver needs to be thought through curated in your yes. mind yes yeah when, when so after we did this this uh the this event that you did i started to be like even if i go to the mall i need to dress up properly because that's you know that's my mm-hmm. that's what my avatar needs to see that yes like it, it it's you look very nice today by the way thank you well we're gonna take a picture too so we're oh, people are gonna <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's it's always like everything you say, everything you do, it's always going to be your brand. So as soon as you leave the house and you know it's going to be for work, just make sure you put that hat on or that yeah. that mask on. Make sure. That and even if it's not, because I've found uh, people at the yoga studio, I've found people at my coffee shop when I'm not there to work. I've sat next to people on flights. Um, how you show up is how people will experience your brand. That is your brand. How how you dress is how people will address you. Ooh, ding! That's ding. from my other podcast. That's from my other podcast. Get it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate this, and I would love it if you share. If you tell people where to go, what's your call to action? The best place to find me is honestly on Facebook or on Instagram. I'll give you my handle, which is. At Megan Keithen, M-E-G-A-N-K-U-E-T-H-E-N. That's more of a personal one than a business one, but it is what it is. And then um, on Facebook, you can just search my name again, Megan Keithen. It's kind of funny, K-U-E-T-H-E-N. Just pretend that you isn't there unless you're typing it in. You need it. Um, and that's, that's pretty much the best way to find me. And um, so what else? Um, I guess you should probably like tell what service you could give them. Sure. 
So if you are looking to really expand your business, um, I work with people who are trying to build profitable and sustainable businesses. That means I don't want to work 80 hours a week, but I do want to make more than 100K, and that's income, not revenue. Um, those are, I'm working with exclusively with creative entrepreneurs who are ambitious and uh, want to build awesome things. Turn your business into a career. Turn your, turn, your, turn, your career. turn your job into a business. There you go. Just make sure you're making money. Yes. Okay. Money is important. Money is very important. So with that, I thank you. And I will hopefully see you soon, either here or in a different place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bring it to Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to. Thanks, Paul. All right. Thanks. Your brand is what other people say about you when you're not in the room. That's from Jeff Bezos. In its simplest form, brand is nothing more than the perception about a company, product, or service in the minds of the customers. So just a quick recap. The three core elements of a brand are values. This is the what, the purpose, the power, and the profit. Number two is avatar. That's the who. The person you're speaking to. Number three is the story. The how. The way you convey your values to your avatar. You are the brand. The brand that will guide your clients to success. Look around. That's exactly what your favorite brands do to you. So make sure you understand your purpose and know where you're headed. I love Sony. I love Apple. I love Google. Because I could integrate my Sony TV with my PlayStation. I love Apple because... I have my phone and my computer. I love Google because I could integrate my email to my house and I could control my lights. They make my life so easy because everything is automated. I know, don't tell me that I'm going to get hacked or whatever. All they can do is turn my light bulbs on and off and they're probably going to scare me to death. I'm adding the books that we talked about earlier as an affiliate link in the show notes. I hope this episode was helpful. Also, if you have any questions or suggestions, just feel free to reach out. I'm throwing all these information goldness for free, so I'd really appreciate it if you help me by subscribing, rating, leaving a review, or doing all three. Now, if you really, really like it, there's actually a tip jar in the bottom of the show notes. There's going to be a link there. Thank you so much for those who already did. Thanks for listening. It means the world to me. Watch out for the next Masterclass Monday, and I'll see you on the next Wedding Video Boss podcast. Till then, play nice if you can't win. Be nice, especially if you're good looking. Boss man, out. Your brand is what other people say about you when you're not in the room. That's from Jeff Bezos. In its simplest form, brand is nothing more than the perception about a company, product, or service in the minds of the customers. So just a quick recap. The three core elements of a brand are values. This is the what, the purpose, the power, and the profit. Number two is avatar. That's the who, the person you're speaking to. Number three is the story, the how. The way you convey your values to your avatar. You are the brand. The brand that will guide your clients to success. Look around. That's exactly what your favorite brands do to you.
So make sure you understand your purpose and know where you're headed. I love Sony. I love Apple. I love Google because I could integrate my Sony TV with my PlayStation. I love Apple because I have my phone and my computer. I love Google because I could integrate my email to my house and I could control my lights. They make my life so easy because everything is automated. I know, don't tell me that I'm going to get hacked or whatever. All they can do is turn my light bulbs on and off and they're probably gonna scare me to death. I'm adding the books that we talked about earlier as an affiliate link in the show notes. I hope this episode was helpful. Also, if you have any questions or suggestions, just feel free to reach out. I'm throwing all these information goldness for free, so I'd really appreciate it if you help me by subscribing, rating, leaving a review, or doing all three. Now, if you really, really like it, there's actually a tip jar in the bottom of the show notes. There's going to be a link there. Thank you so much for those who already did. Thanks for listening. It means the world to me. Watch out for the next Masterclass Monday, and I'll see you on the next Wedding Video Boss podcast. Till then, play nice if you can't win. Be nice, especially if you're good looking. Boss man, out. Out.